Hello, welcome to Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, introducing the new podcast, which is the place for moms to find encouragement, hope, and inspiration, where we're supporting moms in the trenches of motherhood. You will receive practical tips and strategies to address the developmental needs of your children with a positive parenting perspective in mind. Here at Moms Changing the World, we are moms on the journey of changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. confidence in who you are as a cultural blend because we found that everyone has even within a family everyone has a different cultural blend Excited to be here with you again. I am your host, Akua Walker, child development nurse practitioner, parent coach, and CEO, chief encouragement officer here of moms around the world who are changing the world in very exciting ways. I am very proud and excited to have this episode that's, you know, that we're recording right now to come to you because we actually have a, a mother and daughter coming on together, which is something that I haven't done before yet but I am excited to have both perspectives of the mom and the daughter to share in their exciting work and the exciting book that is, uh, is released. So before we get into the sharing with Ashley and Lorraine, I would love for us to start off with a proverb because I like to do the proverbs to kind of share a nugget of truth and wisdom from around the world. And since you're joining us from New Zealand, a different part of the world, I'd love to hear and just, you know, share a little bit about a proverb for us today. Lorraine, would you like to share that for us to get us going? Certainly. Yes. Thank you, Aku, and thank you for having us. We're looking forward to the conversation. It's uh, maybe not a proverb, but I pulled a quote out of the book we wrote, and it's a quote that Ashley actually came up with, and it is, home today is defined by you in a way that you sense, feel, and understand it. And what I love about this quote is that there are so many of us today that are moving and we're having homes in different countries or different places. And it's just a way how we can kind of take home with us a little bit like a a snail, perhaps, and bring all of the parts of home together, all of the cultures that we connect to. Yeah, yeah, that is beautiful. And that does lay out, you know, nicely what we'll be talking about today in terms of the, the themes of your book. And as we move into that, I'll introduce you both. 
here for our listening audience. So first we have Lorraine, who's the mom. Lorraine Taylor is a personal branding coach, educator, author, and international speaker. She is an expert in guiding people to develop the skills and mindsets needed to authentically live purposefully, communicate effectively, and execute efficiently. She is currently the managing and visionary director of the Do Brand You membership community and is the owner and founder of Be Brand You Learning Community. She's got decades of experience and cultural you know, experiences in five different countries with continuing you know, research to understand the rich, diverse global audiences that personal brands communicate today. And uh, as an international workshop speaker, she's inspired audiences in person and, and remotely as well in United Arab Emirates, Oman, Iran, Russia, United States, Malaysia, New Zealand, and I'm sure others growing all the time. And she has her own podcast as well, and she'll be sharing that and launching a new community that I can't wait to hear more about. Her daughter, Ashley Taylor, is an air traffic controller in New Zealand as well. She was raised in Dubai, and at the age of nine years old, she moved to New Zealand, where she currently resides. She is an American New Zealander by nationality through her mother, who is an American, and father, a New Zealander. Her life's journey unfolded and unfolds through the pages ahead in the book and is the basis of the inspiration for writing the book. It become clear passion that you'll hear for Ashley and her mom to talk about these issues and solutions to finding your identity as culturally blended people from two different perspectives. Ashley is keen to reach out to people in similar situations so that they too can feel confidence and closure in who they are as culturally blended people. They are both co-founders of the Culturally Blended Community. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you, Akuma. Yes, yes. Fantastic to be here. Yeah, yeah. Great. So, you know, as a mother-daughter team, co-authors, you know, publishing your book that's out in October of 2022, I'd love for you to share what the title of the book is and a little bit about what the book centers on. Lorraine? Right. Yes. So the title of the book is called Where Are You From? A Question That Challenges Identity in Our Culturally Blended World. And it is really about a book of, it's a conversation between a mother and a daughter about identity and about how they find that living in different places and moving countries and identifying with different ways. So yeah. I think uh, that's just a snippet of what it is. <laughs> sure, sure. And and Ashley, you know, what began the idea for this book that you're writing, to, that you wrote together and that you're sharing now? Yeah, so this idea started in Prague. We took a trip there for a week in 2017. And it was at the breakfast table, like our first breakfast morning there, that we started to have a conversation about TCK, which my mom had brought up in conversation about a speech she was doing. And I was like, what does that mean? Because people have told me I'm a TCK, a third culture kid. And so I got her to explain it for me. And through conversation, that was like the start of it. And then throughout that week in Prague, we would have so many different conversations all aligned with the idea, kind of this growing idea of TCK, which led on to identity and culture and and home and you know grief and so it was just during that week that we had all of these separate little conversations that have become the basis of the chapters of the book. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I have heard of that TCK, third culture kid concept in the context of missionaries, Mm -hmm. you know, families that will move from usually the United States is where I know them from. And then they have and raise their children in different countries Mm -hmm. around the world in the context of missionary work that they're doing, you know, wherever they're, they're planted. And so it was interesting, yeah, to hear from your perspective as well. And I'm curious to hear, you know, more as we go along. And so then, you know, Lorraine, what happened after that initial breakfast? Yeah. So as, as Ashley hinted at that after that first conversation, we were in Prague for a week. We just began to have these conversations, but they were always inspired by an event. So, for example, the next conversation that happened happened when we were walking in the old town and I had decided that I wanted to go one way and Ashley wanted to go a different way. So we said, (laughs) fine, we'll meet back here. And so we did. And when I met back with Ashley, she said, Mom, that's really strange that you that these people came up to me and they started talking to me in Czech. And I said, well, actually, that's not you know, unrealistic because actually my mom's family comes from Poland, which was less than 150 kilometers away. And Mm. I said, Ashley, you actually look like people from around here. And so that whole conversation began to, as we walked around the town, Ashley was saying, it's so weird for people to misrepresent or have a different perception of me than who I am. And then that began more conversations. So that's one example Mm. of of the conversations. And it just happened over and over again during that week in Prague. Yeah. Yeah, this sounds like a a dream in many ways for for me. Mm. I remember wanting to have those conversations with my mother, especially as I was getting ready to go to college. And we actually Mm. did end up taking a trip to visit some of the colleges. And I took it as an opportunity to ask questions about what was her childhood like? And you know, being Mm. in Ghana and growing up there in our home country and comparing it to my experiences, you know, growing up in the Los Angeles area. So that's so great that you were able to have this this kind of shared experience where you were kind of facing and living out some of the things that are theoretical in some situations, right, or just ideas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So then how did you go from there to being inspired to write a whole book about it? I'll let Ashley share that. (laughs) Yeah. So um, after all of those kind of conversations over the week, we flew back to Dubai and we went to one of our favorite restaurants in Dubai. I forgot the name of it. It's um, Global, actually, I think it's called. And so it's this restaurant inspired, ironically, inspired by a lot of different cultures, like traditional food. Mm-hmm. And so the menu, like the menu is really cool because you open it up and one side says east and one side says west. So like the east side would have more eastern foods and the west is more like, you know, western, like hamburgers and pizza and that kind of thing. And while we were like flicking through that menu, it, I guess it all just kind of like came into one like final thought of like, we should really, it reminded us of all the conversations we had and how important they were to us. And it really sparked that passion we had that we felt like we really wanted to write a book to help people because we know that there's other people out there that will be dealing with, you know, the similar kind of concepts that we've dealt with. So it was at that restaurant that we were flicking through the menu, this culturally diverse menu. And we were like, let's let's do it. Let's write a book. So, yeah, that's where it all kicked off. Yeah, mm. interesting that I it think, happened around food, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
Yeah, I'll just add a little too, just sure. to clarify about how, yeah, it was the fact that it was this menu that had both East and West and how mm-hmm. Ashley had said so much in our week in Prague, how she felt like she had two parts in her. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. so that was that real connection between Prague and, yeah, the conversation at that restaurant. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Yes, that's often why I'll start, you know, my episodes talking about food because there are so many cultural connections, you know, that that grow out of, you know, food and how we choose to cook or what our comfort foods are, what are even our ideas about those are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there are any like food, either favorite recipes that you like to cook or that come from your culture or that you had at that restaurant that stick with you or that you turn to. I can jump in there. Uh, we mm-hmm. had, so I went to an international school in Dubai, JPS, mm-hmm. Jamera Primary School, and it was made up of 35 odd nationalities or so. And That's we had amazing. an international, yeah, it was really, it was like thinking back now, I, I guess I just took it for granted. You know, I thought it was right. normal yeah. and we had international day. And so it was typically run by the parents. The parents would run a stall for their country. Yeah. And at all the stalls, there was just like, it was mainly just food and like <laughs> maybe little things to play with and stuff. And so right. I remember like, I remember going to like, my mom was doing the American stall and there'd be lemonade and pumpkin pie and, <laughs> and mac and cheese and stuff. And then yeah. like, you'd walk over to like the New Zealand one and basically just Marmite on toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like you go around to like, you know, the Indonesian stalls yeah. or, or Indian stalls and, you, mm. you know, they have like curries and, and rice. And, and so it's just this like amalgamation. I'm not sure if I'm saying that word right, but of all these different foods. And on top of that, growing up in, in Dubai, and I guess it's considered Lebanese food or Arabic food, you know, like mm-hmm. the typical like Friday night wasn't pizza. It was right. getting shawarmas down the road and uh-huh. and tabbouleh and hummus and Arabic bread. And so I guess it's like, yeah, like like you say, it's like that connection you have with family, that, that meal you have together. And it's all mm-hmm. centered around like the food of the place. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd just like to add a a little too about that because, you know, Ashley was saying, you know, our Friday night typically in in Dubai was hummus and tabbouleh and and that type of food. And that's, yeah, food is such a central thing to our cultures, but to our identity. And so that does really weave itself into the conversations that we had about you know, like when Ashley's in New Zealand and on Friday she can't find a place to maybe get that, yeah. you know, yeah. or it's different. And we yeah. begin to realize that we we do have ties, connections to other cultures, even when we move, you know? Right. Yeah. Cultural development is such a fascinating thing when we, if we think of it like developmentally, yeah. you know, from my background in child development and behavior. It starts very, very young. And we sometimes think that, oh, kids don't notice skin color or they don't notice, you know, kind of ethnic differences. But children, you know, as young as two or three are already seeing those differences and asking questions about them and or identifying, you know, same differences, likeness, you know, opposites. And then also learning from our family, our parents, our teachers, our our loved ones, what those differences mean. Right. And Mm -hmm. so we can add meanings of positivity and celebration around differences, or we can add stigma and devaluing to those. And so 
you know, cultural identity and identity formation is a really, really fascinating thing to think about. And as you know, I think you were saying, we kind of take it for granted, but as but it's happening all the time, and it's connected to all yeah. the the memories you know that that we have yeah. um, as we're you know growing mm-hmm. up. Some of my earliest memories are in Ghana, even though I was only four. Uh, when I came, mm. I, I have vivid nice. memories of like Christmases there with, you know, presents. We had like a rocking chair present and a, a rocking horse. And I was, I think I was scared of the rocking horse and my sister <laughs> loved it. And so I think we just traded presents. And so, and then, you know, there there's other memories <laughs> around food, around going, you know, to different places like our church or uh, family, you know, family events mm. or family celebrations, weddings. And it's it's those memories that link us to the people who matter to us, to the the values, right? That are being kind of placed in our very being as to what what's important, how you know we should behave, what's right, what's wrong, how we should express ourselves, and how we shouldn't express ourselves, right? Depending on where you are. And so that's yeah, yeah sure. cultural identity is 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 a huge and and beautiful thing. If, but it can also be challenging. Mm-hmm. And so I think your mm-hmm. book yeah. kind of yeah, raises sure. that, especially in our world that is so integrated now and so multifaceted mm-hmm. and multicultural. Mm-hmm. And growing up in California, it was a pretty diverse place, especially if I look back to the mm-hmm. area that I grew up in. And so I, too, had classmates from all around the world and you know, wanted to learn more about, you know, where they were from and they share where I was from, but I didn't necessarily always have pride in being different mm-hmm. or pride in being, you know, from, you know, from a different country, being from Africa or being from Ghana. And so it has both its beautiful aspects and its very challenging aspects. I don't know if yeah. you have any, you know, reactions sure. to that. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think you've said so much and it's so on point with the conversations that Ashley and I have had. And it really is what inspired us to actually write this book because we felt through our conversations that we could have had the conversations. We could have both gained a better understanding from both of our perspectives as we went through the conversations that took five years. We began to realize things. I realized things I never knew and understood about Ashley. And one thing I learned through this is that, as you say, a child is very aware of things at a very young age. The thing is, I found out is that children with identity absorb their identity. They don't really question it. They just absorb their world. They absorb what's around them. And So Ashley was absorbing everything, but she wasn't in a state in her early teens or as she, as she began to grow up to vocalize that she was just, and then she would, as she came to New Zealand would have people say different things to her and it would confuse her or whatever, but she didn't say anything. And it wasn't until she got, we had that talk in Prague when she was 20, we really had these questions about identity and and how that really comes together and fits in. And we just wanted to share that with other people. Yeah, I'd just go ahead. Sorry, I'll quickly jump in. You, yeah. um, like you said, you mentioned about pride and about like not knowing if you were not really having maybe that pride or maybe maybe yeah. I misunderstood, but mm-hmm. that's a really big part of, of our book and sort of the conclusion about having that pride, having that confidence in who you are as a cultural blend, because 
we found that everyone has, even within a family, everyone has a different cultural blend. Like my mm-hmm. sister and I, you know, we're about a year and a half apart, but we have completely different ideologies of who we are and our cultural connections and our experiences even are, are completely different. Yeah. You know, even though we virtually live the same life and to kind of be able to have the, yeah, the pride and the confidence in expressing what your cultural identity, that swirl, that combination, that collaboration looks like is a really big part of the ending of our book. And it's about really giving people the courage because it's a lot harder than than people might think to really want to express who you are. And if anyone disagrees, that's sort of the, the crux of the book is when people disagree with you, being able to navigate that and not be affected by it. So yeah, that's like the big conclusion of our book. Yeah. It also makes me think about how, and a little bit about where you started is how people perceive you may not be the same way that you perceive yourself. And so mm-hmm. yeah. it's interesting that kind of we as human beings quickly make associations and attachments to externals, right? Mm-hmm. Skin color, hair, mm-hmm. way of dress, right? Um, makeup or no makeup. I mean, like all kinds of details. Then yeah. we automatically, our brain tries to help us out, right? To be efficient and it, it jumps to associations and it jumps to conclusions about people that may or may not be true or may or may not be accurate. And so it was, is that a part of what you mean by disagree or d- yeah. difference? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I really love about our conversations that Ashley and I had and how, and the direction that she wanted to take this book was that she, because it took us five years, we went back and we unpacked all of those little stories that she had in her mind, those memories that she had. And she began to unpack, well, this is how I felt when I was 10. And this is how I felt when I was 12, when someone said this to me. And feelings of, well, that made me sad or that made me angry would come up. But we didn't want to, Ashley was persistent. We don't want to write a book and just say, I, you know, this is how mm-hmm. I felt. Ashley really wanted to create a book, as she mentioned, to help others to navigate how do you deal with it Mm -hmm. when someone makes you feel, maybe not intentionally, to not have pride in who you are and to not have pride in in the fact that, yeah, you, you are connected to more than one place and it is something that really matters to you. So that's what I really, I feel very grateful to have written this book with Ashley because it is a very vulnerable book from her stories, but it gives us such an insight into young people and how they think about identity and how they grieve different things and how they feel when they're misunderstood and how they try to find a sense of belonging in our world. And she really goes through her whole childhood into her 20s. Mm. That's great. And I I wonder if there are like two or three, you know, kind of steps or tips that you could offer. Uh, Maybe Ashley, you could start with from those sections of the practical, like what do we do in those moments when these things happen or how do we work through? Um, This would be a great chance to, Mm. to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. One of the first chapters in our book is Misunderstood Perceptions. And that chapter... It's kind of the, it unravels it all. It unravels everything to do with like, I'm just trying to get my words right here. I'm not sure if you want to jump in quick. Okay. (laughs) 
That's all right. It like it's unravels right. the different perspectives, the different weight. Yeah, it, that's tension right. so, points. Yeah, sorry. So with with misunderstood perceptions, it's easy for for people for someone like me who would say, for example, as a kid, I would say I was from Dubai, and people would look at me and say, "You're not. You don't look like them." And I was like, "But I grew up there. <laughs> I only have memories of holidays in New Zealand and the U.S. So that's my home." And it was so easy to get really angry and like internalize that anger and get really frustrated at why people would disagree. And, and that kind of sort of knocks down your confidence. And well, where am I from? If I can't be where I grew up, then how can I be from New Zealand if I don't even sound like a Kiwi and I don't really sound like an American all the time? So where am I from? You know, yeah. and what the misunderstood perceptions chapter kind of the conclusion of it is to really understand where people are getting their knowledge from. Have they been exposed to the different ideas of cultural identity? Have they been exposed to different cultures or different lifestyles or that kind of thing? Because the idea of weird and normal kind of comes in there too. Like a lot of things I had growing up in Dubai was normal. The fact that my mom's sister and I moved to New Zealand when I was nine and my dad stayed to work in Dubai was very normal. But when we came here, it was weird. It was very strange. It was, I had kids when I was like nine asking, are your parents getting divorced? And I was like, no, I, I didn't think so. And then that, that caused me to get upset at, at home because I thought, well, if that's what everyone else thinks, then that's maybe what's happening. So yeah. the conclusion of that kind of misunderstood perceptions chapter, and I guess a tip is to not internalize what people are saying, but have noticed that as a reflection of that person and think, okay, so they clearly haven't had the kind of the knowledge or the information or the experience with someone like myself. And what can I do? What ability do I have to kind of teach them or turn any kind of disagreeing conversation into trying to open their mind into different ways of living and to explain it to them? And hopefully in that way, kind of like get this kind of global idea across to people and sort of like expand people's minds, I guess. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Take an opportunity that could go sour really quickly and turn mm-hmm. it around mm-hmm. into an educational moment, like a right? A teachable moment yeah. that can, act, like you said, mm-hmm. change their perspective, broaden their world uh, view because of because they're interacting with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. And was there another one? Another tip either of you wanted to share? Do you want to share? Yeah, I, I, for me, uh, you know, a tip that came out from the book from a parenting point of view is that, you know, I'm quite vulnerable in the book that, you know, here I am a parent. I, I was doing, I thought I was, yeah, you know, I was doing the best job I could. I thought I was doing a pretty good job. And I thought my daughters and were, were completely fine. I didn't sense anything wrong. You know, they were, everything seemed fine in our world. And it was the internal things that I didn't see. And so one of the tips that parents, I, I think, will c- gather from the book is it's okay if we don't understand. It's okay if, Sometimes the best thing we can do is just to listen and to be ready. And those, and the thing is, like, Ashley was ready when she was 20 to talk about it. And so that's just the thing is don't, you know, one of the tips is it's okay if children experience things and go through things. It might be time delayed to talk Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Just always be ready for that moment to talk about it and to talk about identity because I think it's really at the end of the, teens and the beginning of the 20s that people really begin to really ask those questions mm. and 
that's what we are really excited about with the culturally blended people community that will be opening yeah. the same time that we launch the book. Ashley and I wrote a book. It's only our story, but there are hundreds and hundreds of people that have similar stories. The reality is we're living in a world where this is, it's new in a sense that it's so widespread. There's so many people that can relate to having connections to different places. And so we are so excited. We already have lined up people. Other people will be sharing their stories. People will have forums. For example, parents can connect together and people can ask questions about things that they might not know. And that's, that's the, I guess, the other real golden nugget is that whoever's listening is that they're going to have their own ideas and their own tips as well. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting thing because even if you're, you know, not necessarily living in a whole different foreign country from, you know, maybe where you were born or where you were raised, you even just moving from like California to mm. the Midwest somewhere, right, could be a situation that raises, you know, the cultural differences and the way of speaking yeah, sure. and the way of acting and being and thinking. And so there and there are probably more people in this culturally blended, you know, space than than we might at first, you know, take uh, take for granted. And I love that you are forming and creating a safe space where people mm-hmm. can can have those conversations and can um, really dig, you know, dig their teeth into, you know, what that all means for who they are. And adolescence is the time in development when we're all individuating, right? So just we're becoming our own person and deciding who am I going to be. Right. Apart from my parents, apart from my family, my nuclear family, who am I going to be in this world? And so it makes sense that a lot of those questions and tensions and, um, you know, those conversations would come up in the, those seasons of life. But if you make room for it, you know, to your point, Lorraine, if you are ready and you make it safe to talk about that at any age, you know, it can happen exactly. earlier and children can really grow up feeling more and more comfortable and confident talking about culture, recognizing culture and celebrating it uh, rather Mm -hmm. than having it be a negative or a downside. So good. Well, this is Yeah, I was going to add, I was going to add too, it was very interesting that you, the comment you started with about it can be not moving countries, but our editor here in New Zealand who edited our book has always, was born and has always lived in New Zealand. But she told us she resonated with so much of how what we dealt with and what we felt because she moved from a rural place of growing up on a farm to to a city when she was when she was and how different that was and how she felt, you know, weird and things weren't normal for her. her. Yeah, yeah, that's great. listening to Moms Changing the World with host Akua Walker. The information shared on this show is meant for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitute for medical intervention or professional therapy. All views shared on the show are that of the speakers only and do not represent any institution. To be a part of the community, visit www.momschangingtheworld.org. 
There you'll find ways to connect with and support the moms we interview and find out how to work with Akua as a parenting coach. Join us next time for more encouragement and support to be a mom changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.